0: Dear listeners, welcome back. It's The Vento here and you're listening to The British Whisperer, the place to be to know which stories are making the headlines and learn the English you need. With this podcast you can stay informed about the world while practicing your listening skills and learning new vocabulary. On the podcast website thebritishwhisperer.com you can find a link to the podcast webpage with full transcript of each episode and its translation in Italian. In the 7th episode of the British Whisper, I'm going to focus first on Rishi Sunak who has become the new conservative leader and will be the new 57th Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Next, as promised, spotlight on Meghan Markle aka the Duchess of Sussex and on Harry and Meghan's upcoming Netflix series. In order to stick to the subject, on the window of Britain, focus on the Crown News series that sparked controversy already before its official release date, November 9th, 2022. And finally, I will explore some English idioms about food. Do you eat rabbit food? Well, I do. Don't be so surprised. To know more, be sure to stick to the end of this episode to find out. Good morning from Britain, where Rishi Sunak has emerged victorious. Rishi Sunak will become the next Prime Minister after his rival, Penny Mordaunt and Boris Johnson pulled out of the race for the Tory readership at the last minute. But let's take a step back. Liz Strauss, who became Prime Minister less than seven weeks ago, issued a resignation on Thursday afternoon last week. The Economist writes, just after 1.30pm in London on October 20th, Liz Truss, who the day before had vowed in Parliament to be a fighter, not a quitter, stood in Downing Street to say that, on a second thought, she was quitting, after only 44 days as leader of the country, to become the shortest serving Prime Minister in history, after a very chaotic week in the Conservative Party. That was just not the latest U-turn of a remarkably brief time in office. Not long ago, the Economist observed that she had the political shelf life of a lettuce. In fact, it proved rather short than that. More precisely, the Economist wrote, "Take away the ten days of the morning after the death of the Queen Elizabeth II, and she had seven days in control. That is roughly the shelf life of a lettuce." But The Economist went on its harsh comment with the new issue of the magazine. On the cover of its latest edition, The Economist features Liz Truss dressed as a centurion and holding a fork of spaghetti under the headline Welcome to Britta Lee. Truss is also holding a pizza-shaped shield with a Union Jack design and one slice eaten. The Economist writes, our cover leader, compares what is happening in Britain to the troubles faced by Italy. The comparison is inexact, but it captures something real. Britain has moved much closer to Italy in three ways. Both countries are under the thumb of the bond markets. Britain's low-growth problem has become entrenched and the political instability that used to mark out Italy has now fully affected Britain. So welcome to Britally, they say. The weekly newspapers described Brittany as a country of political instability, low growth, and subordination to the markets, while reminding readers that in two thousand twelve, Truss and the recently sacked Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng wrote a pamphlet called *Britannia Unchanged*, in which they used Italy as an example of a direction not to take due to the country's clogged public services, low growth, and low productivity. The cover of The Economist sparked a frenzy in Italy and angered many Italians, including the new Italy's ambassador to the UK, Inigo Lambertini, who, in a letter to The Economist's editor, wrote that the cover was inspired by the oldest of stereotypes. Going back to Liz the New York Times wondered what else could have Liz done in 44 days. Listrass spent only 44 days at 10 Downing Street, which equates to 1,080 hours. Here are some of the things she could have done rather than serve as Britain's shortest lived Prime Minister. Cook 9,257 hard boiled eggs. Listen 108 times to the Beatles' entire back catalogue of 213 songs. Watch 9 full length Test cricket matches binge-watch all the episodes of The Crown on Netflix 38 times, travel back and forth along the Trans-Siberian Railway 6.5 times. Well, we'll never know, I think. Let's go back to the quick-fire leadership race to replace this trust. Boris Johnson claimed on Saturday night to have already secured the 100 nominations necessary, but refused to release a list. The Times reports the claim that Boris Johnson had reached 102 MP backers was never verified, and by 8 p.m. yesterday, just 56 MPs had publicly endorsed him. In his letter explaining his decision to withdraw, Boris Johnson accused his rivals of a lack of unity and laid the groundwork for his eventual return, saying, Now was simply not at the right time. Meanwhile, he awaits the results of the Privileges Committee's investigation into whether he misled Parliament over lockdown parties. If he is found guilty, it could lead to his suspension from the Commons and his resignation. The Guardian this morning lays with not the right time Johnson out of race to lead the Tories. The paper reports that the former MPs struggled for backing and that is why Drowell leaves Sunak as frontrunner in a battle for number 10. The Sun as Bojo eats a no, while the male goes with Rishi, set for number 10 as Boris bows out. The paper headlines a comment piece that says For the good of the party and the country, Mr Johnson set his dream aside. Well, now back to reality and the New York Times writes Rishi Sunak is set to become next prime minister after last rival white Rose. He will be Britain's third leader in seven weeks and the first prime minister of color in history. He will face a range of dire economic challenges. The 42 years old former chancellor of the Exchequer, who is the son of Indian immigrants, Mr Sunak won the contest to replace the ousted Liz Truss, who resigned under pressure last Saturday. As you know, Rishi Sunak is poised to make history as Britain's first prime minister of color, a milestone for a polyglot nation that has become more ethnically diverse in recent decades albeit one roiled by occasionally anti-immigrant fervor. While his Indian heritage shows the Conservative Party's progress in diversifying its ranks, and would make him Britain's first prime minister who was not white, Mr Sunak has many of the traditional trappings of a Tory upbringing. He went to the fee-paying Winchester School and studied philosophy, politics and economics at Oxford University. He worked at the investment bank Goldman Sachs and to hedge funds before becoming a member of the parliament. What are the next steps for the new PM? This afternoon, in his address, he is expected to emphasize the need for the Tories to now come back together and tackle the huge problems the country faces. In the first 24 hours Mr Sunak will have to visit King Charles to be appointed as Prime Minister, which could happen as early as this evening. He may choose to wait to move into number 10 given the short turnaround and the fact that Mrs Russ, who is at the checkers, has not yet moved out. That means that the famous first address to the nation outside the black door of Downing Street may also be put off until Tuesday morning. The new leader of the country will then immediately get to work appointing his new cabinet, with some big decision to be made. After entering Downing Street, the new Prime Minister will also have to embark on the traditional flurry of congratulatory phone calls with world leaders. Who he chooses for his first conversion will be seen as a key indication of the foreign policy priorities for his government and his next week's decision will be whether to press ahead with the fiscal statement which has been penciled in for Halloween. But some of the Rishi Sunak colleagues are already sharpening the axe in readiness for another execution. Mr Sunak might struggle even to last as long as truss warned some Conservatives MPs, Write the Telegraph. What will happen? Only time will tell, dear listeners. Just follow my podcast, but at the lowdown on Britain's new PM. Time now to focus on Meghan Markle. The Duchess of Sussex. appeared last week on the cover of Variety magazine wearing a sleeveless black Giorgio Armani top. The magazine published a long interview with the Duchess with this headline, The Meghan Moment. Meghan's case is the quintessence of soft power, writes the Telegraph in an article titled The Power Play That Lies Behind the Duchess of Sussex' New Feminine Dressing. She says that she done with acting, but the Duchess of Success is too clever to believe this is true. She may never grace a small screen again in an episode of Suits, but then she has no need to. If the shoot is an attempt to appear like the girl next door, Meghan may be underestimating the cynicism of the British public. It will take more than lying on the stomach with her legs kicking in the air for the detractors to believe that the Duchess is as soft and playful as she is at pains to rebrand herself as being in her accompanying interview. Nonetheless, she gets a gold star for effort and for conveying the same nice warmth that she says she enjoyed with the Queen. Speaking to Variety magazine, in fact, Meghan reflected on the nice warmth between her and the late Queen Elizabeth II, whom she described as the most shining example of female leadership. Meghan Markle is receiving criticism for her claims of feeling objectified during her time as briefcase model on deal or no deal. At the beginning of her career, the Duchess was a briefcase girl in the popular American TV show. The Duchess of Sussex complains working on Deal or No Deal made her feel not smart, writes the Telegraph. In the last episode of her podcast Archetypes, the Duchess of Sussex has lamented being valued for her beauty and not her brains. Why working as a briefcase girl on Deal or No Deal? saying it made her feel not smart despite her college study of international relations the duchess writes the telegraph who worked on the show while she was an up-and-coming actress shared she has quit the role after being repeatedly told to suck a stomach in before going on stage saying she had felt like she was made to be all looks and little substance She reassured listeners on the podcast that even she had known she was so much more than what was being objectified on the stage. Her latest episode of the Archetypes podcast sees her interview Paris Hilton on the topic of being a bimbo and how the heiress has been misunderstood. The podcast episode, the sixth in a series of ten, Sister Duchess empathized with Ilton over how the American heiress was seen as a dumb blonde during the early 2000s, thanks to her appearance in early reality TV show The Simple Life and her busy nightlife. What's a bimbo, you may ask yourself? Well, (laughs) in the opening sequence, Meghan relays her own experience of being reduced to this specific archetype, the word bimbo, or a young woman considered to be attractive but not intelligent. Photographs of the then Meghan Markle in the show, including a selection of glamorous publicity shots, were seen around the world after she began dating Prince Harry. Three weeks before the relationship was revealed in a newspaper, the Wikipedia entry for Meghan Markle was changed to remove a reference to the television quiz show's appearance and alter her occupation from model to humanitarian. Talking about Harry and Meghan, it seems that Harry and Meghan's Netflix series is to go ahead as planned. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex's forthcoming Netflix documentary series will be not delayed in the wake of the backlash over The Crown, friends of the couple insist. It comes after reports suggested Netflix executives had been so rattled by days of negative coverage over The Crown that they had decided to delay Harry and Meghan's show until next year. As yet-untitled documentary series is still expected to go ahead in December as planned, the Telegraph understands. The fifth and penultimate series of The Crown spans a tumultuous period in royal history, including the marriage breakdowns of three of Queen Elizabeth II's children and now discredited panorama interview with Diana, Princess of Wales. The unfortunate timing of its release, just weeks after Queen Elizabeth II's death, has been branded insensitive and distasteful by critics, while others have described fictional scenes as damaging and malicious and deliberately cruel. Netflix bosses were said to have been so spooked by the criticism they concluded that to stream the Susssex documentary, likely to prove equally controversial, just weeks later would be foolhardy. They have rattled on Netflix and they blinked first and decided to postpone the documentary, a source told industry website deadline. A Netflix spokesman declined to comment on such speculation, while Friends of the Sussexes said the report was not correct. The series, produced by Netflix and Archiewell Productions, has not yet officially been announced. But the delay of Harry and Meghan's documentary has been put down to contradiction between what the couple said on camera and what the Duke has written in his upcoming in memoir. The Sussexes were also said to have asked to remove any incriminating comments they had made about the King, Queen Consort and Prince and Princesses of Wales, following the public outpouring of affection for the monarchy in the aftermath of the Queen's death. Harry and Meghan made a significant request to walk back content they themselves had provided for their own project, one source told the New York Post, page 6. Another said, Harry and Meghan are panicked about trying to tone down even the most basic language. Regardless, the series will likely prove further comfortable viewing for the royal family as the Sussexes offer their own unfettered version of events from their home in Montecito, California is already concerned at Buckingham Palace about the potential damage that the crown could inflict on the new king and his reputation. The telegraph reports over the row growing over the crown. The crown, which began in 2016, has always played fast and loose the truth, but its early inaccuracies were often obscured by the passage of time. As events move closer to today, what is fiction become easier to spot. In episode 1, Sir John Major is approached by the then Prince of Wales, seeking support for the Queen's abdication. Sir John has called the scenes damaging and malicious fiction. By 1991, when the new season begins, the marriage of the then Prince and Princess of Wales was in terminal decline they separated the following year and the crown is expected to point the finger of blame mostly at Charles, contrasting his cold, uncaring attitude towards Diana with his love for the then Camilla Parker Bows, with whom he continues an affair. The crown has hinted before that Prince Philip was unfaithful to the Queen, and the new season casts an aspersion of the friendship between the Duke of Edinburgh and his carriage-driving partner Penelope Natchbull, the Countess Mountbatten of Burma. A source close to her family described the depiction of their platonic relationship as deliberately cruel. In 1992, the Queen's Annas Horribilis, both Prince Andrew and Prince Anne divorced and Charles and Diana separated. Reflecting on this broken relationship, Charles tells his mother she should look at her own failings as a parent. The new Netflix series will feature an invented scene in which Prince Charles tells his mother she should be thrown into jail for being a bad mother. According to Reapers, there will be an entire episode devoted to Princess Diana's 1995 bombshell interview with Martin Bashir, in which she talked about there being three people in her marriage. The official trailer for The Crown has placed a disgraced panorama interview in which Diana, Princess of Wales, warns she won't go quietly at the centre of the new series, along with the disclaimer that this is fictionalised. The Netflix trailer released on Thursday is accompanied by a message describing how it is inspired by real events by the fictional dramatization. The Times reports, a spokesman for Netflix insisted that The Crown has always been presented as a drama based on historical events, but in the end Netflix must have thought it was time to put a disclaimer in the new trailer after a high-profile criticism they received. Netflix needs it. This year announced its first drop in subscriber numbers in a decade, and the best way of grabbing attention is certainly to ramp up the controversy. Do you think Netflix The Crown has gone too far? Join the conversation in the comments below. for some collocations about food. Adequate, enough or sufficient, everyone has the right to adequate food and clean water. Staple or basic, retail prices of staple foods remain unchanged. Rabbit, lettuce and other raw vegetables normally found in salad. My father preferred to eat meat and hated rabbit food. Scrap, a portion or a morsel, they moved from village to village begging scraps of food. To live on, people who live on junk food. To go short of or to run short of, the city was under siege and began to run short of food. To feed somebody or something, he always fed whiskers the best cat food. To swallow or to bolt or to gulp down, she told the kids not to gulp down their food. To smell or to taste, does the food taste good? To be in short supply, to be short of. We have strikes, food is short, and the cues grow longer. Intake The doctor warned him to reduce his daily food intake or consumption. A safety or scare. There's been a food scare over Salmonella in eggs. Prices or bill. I'm trying to cut my weekly food bill by one third. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. On the podcast website, thebritishwhisper.com, you can find a link to the page with the full transcript of the podcast in this translation in Italian. If you enjoy my show, please hit subscribe on Spotify or Apple, so you don't miss any other episode. And if you enjoy it and you like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and if you can, also donate. Just a little. To stay up to date with the British Whisper, you can follow me on Instagram at the British Whisper and spread the word. You are welcome to share any feedback, thoughts, or ideas writing an email to the British Whisper at WriteMe.com. And I hope that you will take some valuable information from this episode and apply it into your English learning. And be sure to come back next week for a new episode. Until then, I am Thea and this is The British Whisper.